Hello and welcome to Bravo Bravo Effing Bravo. Hi, Mariana. Hey, baby gorgeous. I'm angry. Why? Because I just started listening to Bethany and Rachel. Demons. Jesus. Look, I haven't gotten deep into it. I apologise to everyone because I had to watch Blow Deck Down Under this morning. I mean, you know, the things we do, right? (laughs) Was it just like her version of the Howie Mandel podcast thing? Like, is she just playing the victim? It starts off with Bethany admitting that apart from what she saw on socials about Scandival, she knew nothing about the show. (laughs) Now, Bethany's not dumb. She will watch some of it. I'm pretty sure she said something about, like, we'll be getting into the reunion. So my guess is, is Bethany's watched the reunion episode that they're going to discuss. She does her research. She's not going to go back and watch the whole season probably, but she's not going to go in like Howie and not watch anything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Bethany admits that when she first started seeing it on socials, she was like, isn't this show built around a bar with young people drinking and everyone fucking everyone's boyfriend? Like she says the words, no one's married, no one has kids. What's the big deal? Oh, shut up, Bethany. So that's ridiculous. But she admits that's where she comes from. So at least she's being honest about where she was coming from. But it's seriously, like, I've only listened to 15 minutes. It says part one, so there's obviously two hours to listen to, so I really shouldn't have an opinion. But you know me, I always have one. (laughs) And it's just a solid eye roll. The whole thing's a solid eye roll. So I clicked on the page six articles because I haven't listened to the whole thing. So I guess we're doing sizzles now because it's pretty much the only fucking sizzle. So... I've got to listen to this and get back to y'all, and I'm sure most of you have already listened to it, but at some point she says the network is running to the bank off this scandal stuff. She's like just laughing, running to the bank with this scandal, and I haven't seen a single penny. Why should she? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I really hope that some point in the interview she says what she earned because I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that she got 350k for the season. That's not nothing. So you're telling me you got nothing? Now, I realise your parents have money and were able to spend $200,000 on you going to this wellness fucking retreat. Good for you. You got therapy. That's wonderful. I'm glad you have privileged access to therapy to spend $200,000 of your parents' money on it so you could Mm. run away. Okay, clearly I'm judgy. And you're trying to tell us you haven't profited off this? What 20-something-year-old with no skill earns $350,000? Ugh, what a dream. What do you mean you weren't nothing? And I understand everyone's first thing they're going to say is this is what you signed up for. I get it. You didn't know exactly what you were signing up for when you royally fucked up and banged your best friend's partner for months. Whatever. Sure, we all do things and don't realise the extent of the consequences. I'll give you that much. But I never made $350,000 for fucking up. Like... (laughs) Yeah. I just I just don't like Bethany in this position. You know, I already don't like Bethany, but I know. It's a fucking pity party. Like I get Bethany's trying to see it from her point of view. When you ask someone on your show, you have to go, right, we're here to hear your perspective. And if we don't want to hear Rachel's perspective, we can just not listen, like you're deciding to do. Yeah, I'm not giving her a click. I just don't know why I think Bethany's just on her crusade against Bravo at the moment and she's just Raking her in for her own purposes. I agree. It's like you're using Rachel as much as Rachel feels that Bravo used her. And this Bambi-eyed bitch is too stupid to (laughs) realise. 
I will listen to the whole thing. I will get back to you all. I know you will all have listened to it by the time this podcast comes out. But basically, I'm going to get back to Nathan. So Cool. Thank you. Yeah, because I'm not giving her a click. No, I love you for that. <laughs> Again, I don't have much to say. I've listened to 15 minutes and there were Bakuda eye rolls from me. That's, that's pretty much yeah. where I'm coming from. Like, I'm not buying what she's selling. I'm trying to hear where she's coming from and obviously I need to give that space she's definitely regurgitating a lot of therapy related words which is good she's learned some stuff but there's one thing about going to therapy and learning things and it's wonderful I've done it recommend it but then applying that in your daily life as you interact with others is a whole other thing so I don't know what you've learned yet until you put this shit into practice. And if you're going to share with me what you learn, then you best believe I'm going to look out for when you put this shit into practice. Mm, 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 mm. I get it. There's like a sliver of benefit of doubt. If she does learn from this and she does go on to be a better person, who the fuck am I to judge? I've fucked up. But right now, all I'm seeing is a fucking pity party. Like save <laughs> that for your mates, you know? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. She just skeeves me. I'm not a fan. Oh, I get it. So what do you think of the uh, Roni and Below Deck this week? What one do you want to talk about more? Well, Below Deck, obviously, because stuff actually happened. It's, it's pretty good at the moment. Below Deck's and, okay, kicking I, ass. I know live ratings are a sham, right? You know, like they don't mean as much as they do in the streaming age, blah, blah, fucking blah. Yeah, yeah. But Below Deck is getting like double the amount of Roni at the moment for live ratings. And how can they not? They deserve it. They deserve it. Again, people, I get people who say they're enjoying the lightness of Roni. And to be yeah. honest, I think that if I wasn't tippity typing, I might feel the same way. Like I'm enjoying watching OC and I reckon, mm -hmm. no, there'd be more to say about OC, but I get it. Like I, I get where y'all are coming from, but having to write notes on it, there's not as much fat. And I'm sure that will come as these women get to know each other more. I'm definitely going to keep watching it. And one thing that I have noticed about Roni Reboot that I am enjoying is that visually it is pretty. And I yeah. actually like that. Like that's a thing for me. I'm making myself sound shallow and maybe I am. But pretty things make me happy. <laughs> so, okay, you like pretty things. Where do you stand on porn stars? Oh, my God, love. Weren't they fun? They were such happy lovely people uh -huh. that, oh, they were a breath of fresh. They really were. It was like an interesting counterpoint that it happened after like all the sexual assault last week. So I thought like, oh gosh, what's it going to be like with porn stars? But it was more consensual. It was more open. I'm sure that for these guests, the cameras being there helped because they are people who like to put their sexuality on display. They get off on being watched. I get that. So mm -hmm. having cameras there and the crew, which is obviously new people, so new mental stimulation, I'm sure they were all very mentally stimulated, which got them physically stimulated, which probably added to our enjoyed experience because they were enjoying that whole experience. So they were perfect guests for a TV show. Yeah. You're on holiday. Everyone's a little more free on a holiday, right? But it's just they were so lovely. And I also think that Aisha really helped set the tone with the crew. She's a total voyeur. Yes. <laughs> the lack of self-consciousness, enjoying yourself, watching other people enjoy themselves is very infectious. It's like, oh, yeah, this is cool. Like, let me just chill. Yeah, I think Aisha's just good at, like, knowing what a guest wants. 
Like when they were doing the sex dessert or the naked dessert or whatever it was, mm. and Captain was like, oh, do we really want everyone watching it? And she was like, yeah, these guests do. She clocked them. She so did. I loved that about her. I was like, you're so right. And I'm glad that Captain let her run with it. I did think mm-hmm. it was a bit funny that Captain didn't want to watch. It's like that says more about you than it does about anything else, dude. Well, yeah, yeah. And then he didn't watch, but I was thinking maybe because every other crew member's down there, now someone's got to steer the ship, like metaphorically. <laughs> That's true. But also he probably doesn't necessarily want his staff to see him in that environment. So I get it. But it's like, lighten up, Bob. Well, did you see when, I don't know who made the joke, but someone made a joke about having the leftover desserts off his body and he did the whole like, I'll stop, like with his hand. It was Irina, <laughs> but then she also added in her room. So, oh, sorry. <laughs> like, who talks to their boss like that? <laughs> I know, you'd think they'd crack down on the jokes like that, but they, they really didn't. <laughs> no, not when sexy time's happening around you. Again, it's infectious, man. It's infectious. All on. Okay, so Joelle, who I'm going to... That's how I'm going to refer to him because that's how Culver refers to him. Yep. He arrives on deck. Yes. And, okay, what, what's your general thoughts on Joel? Uh, his first impression these two episodes? It's not really a first impression but a renewed impression of him. Well, I was coming into this going, I don't remember exactly what it was about this guy that I hated but he turned me off. Mm-hmm. I already didn't like him. And then when we got flashes in, in the episodes of him being an absolute see you next Tuesday to Asia and mm-hmm. literally calling her a whore, it's like, dude, he does mention in the episode that that was five years ago. Again, yeah. people grow up. We'll see. So I'm cautiously optimistic. However, I don't disagree with Aisha when she says to Zarina. I think she makes some reference that her experiences of him being manipulative and derogatory and that's still in there. So it's like you can change, but I guess the question is how much can you change? So what did you think of Joelle and Serena having this backstory? And we sort of go from like, woe to go mm. or go to woe in in these two episodes because like she has this gut reaction where she sort of hates him because he fucked over her friend she was an f buddy with his friend and he was an f buddy with her friend but then the friends texting her saying you know just be friends with him and then he's she's be overcompensatingly being friendly. I think Aisha even said it to her at the table when they were out on episode nine. She said, like, you're overcompensating. Oh, she said, it seems like you want his dick a bit. Yes. But then she does after that say, like, you're overcompensating. And it's like, Aisha, I don't know if it's the way that she speaks sometimes. Like, she speaks with a very slow pace and she's very fun. I don't think I give her enough credit to know what the F is going on at all times. She is way mm. more cluey than I think I give her credit for. Like I absolutely oh, adore yeah. her, but the way she reacts to people is always on point. Like she really understands people. Like she's a smart cookie when it comes to socially what the fuck's going on. She completely mm-hmm. called it. Yeah. And like I was also thinking that she was being like overly flirty with him. I mean, she can be as flirty as she wants, but for someone who hates someone, she was being really flirty. I agree. And I could see them hate fucking. Right. And I think, so this episode, I mean, sorry, the second episode ends because we get the new girl and everything with Culver and the new girl kissing Mm. and Serena's pissed. pissed. Do you think she's now going to pivot and maybe start flirting with Joelle? 
Well, I think More? she might because when it had like the next time what's coming up, like for next week, she was sitting there on a stair complaining to Joelle, excuse me, about the whole situation <laughs> and it's like you're running to him for comfort. What are you doing? Go and find Aisha. I don't know. I I feel like she's more buddies with him than she wants to admit. And I'm yeah. thinking, is that just because there's cameras and your best friend's going to watch this back and expect you to behave a certain way? Well, I don't think her friend's expecting her to behave a certain way. I think her friend's understanding the position that she's in. She's got to work with the guy. She's got to live with the guy. I don't think her friend said, like, joke with him at every opportunity and flirt with him. She's like, pretend you're being his friend. Be a bit more than just cordial. Not fucking act like his best mate, which she kind of is. I wonder Mm. also in these situations on these charters where if you do have a history with someone, like you can tend to gravitate towards them because everything's new. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out why Zarina's behaving the way she is. I wonder if it's because every previous interaction with him, this is how her and her friends, they all acted. So regardless of how she thinks she feels about him, she's just going back to what she knows in terms of interacting with him. I don't know. I'm trying to give Zarina grace because if I was her friend watching that back, I'd be like, what the fuck, bitch? (laughs) It's not cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so Joelle also immediately starts to piss off the deck crew, like particularly Adam and Harry, who are always bitching about him and Culver because Culver just wants to go and party with the guests. I think Joel has a point when he's like, I'm not their friends. I'm their boss. Like he's got to, he has to delegate as his job, but for them to immediately hate him, like something must be up with his leadership skills. So far with what I've seen, and obviously they record all day, we get an hour, right? So far what I've seen, every time he's delegating tasks to them, he's going off and basically fixing shit up that they haven't done properly. Yeah. Remember when in the, I think it was the first episode, uh, it was 11.30 and he was on till midnight and he said, uh-huh. I'm going down. They all thought he meant he's going straight to bed and yeah, he ended and he up working stuff. for a whole other hour but it seemed like he was tweaking things <laughs> that – should have been done properly. Like he's going over the boat, checking everything to make sure everything is right for the next morning. And you two are in the fucking kitchen, bitching a Margo and saying, oh, yeah, we're done. There's nothing left to do. It's like, are you guys going to get a shock when you watch this back or are you going to at reunion stand by the fact that's all that you guys got but there was all this other stuff? Like at the end of the day, like we've all had bosses. It doesn't matter what they do. It matters what you do. A manager is actually not supposed to be hands-on in literal senses. A manager's job is to delegate. That's why they're called Mm -hmm. a manager. They're not hands-on tools. However, Joao is picking up the slack hardcore. They're just so unaware of what it takes to get the boat ready. Yeah. They don't know what they don't know. Yeah. I'm on his side, which is strong. (laughs) I flip and flop because mm. when they do the beach picnic yeah, you do. and Culver <laughs> and Harry are very inappropriately in the water swimming with them, they've got naked people on their backs. Like I get that that's not okay, but also you got to cater to the individual guests, as Culver says, and they were having fun. In that situation, I think they didn't do anything wrong. However, if I had just gotten on the boat 
and I look out to the shore with binoculars and I see that my staff <laughs> member has his face up in someone in the guest's tits, I would presume yeah. that it was team too much as well. Like there's helping the guests enjoy themselves and then there's that. I know, but I was having so much fun watching them. Oh, <laughs> like, that was hilarious. And with him and with the binoculars. I like, know. It was hilarious. so good, especially with the other guest, like constantly tweaking her nipples. Like <laughs> I probably, I guess what I'm saying is I probably, probably would have indulged the guests too but then once I was in the mix I would have gone oh oh this is not what I thought was going to happen live and learn the only difference is I don't think they learned that it was inappropriate no no and we're funny because like remember last season that bitch bosun mm. he took his shirt off to go and swim into the ocean and rescue a guest and we were like how dare he take his shirt off like go on a paddle board or something but here we're like Woo-hoo, go frolic. <laughs> it's a little bit different I don't know. Yeah, you're right. We are being <laughs> hypocrites. We, we hated Bitch Boson. I don't know. Like part of me was agreeing with Colbert in that situation, but because all Joao had met of them was that they were constantly taking shortcuts and taking little pause cafes, that mm-hmm. I get that it's hard to give people the benefit of the doubt when they're not doing their job properly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought it was it was a fun beach picnic. I Then they it. go back for dinner. And Chef seems to be doing really well, this charter, like with the gold spray paint and all that crap. She's doing well. She does love a gold leaf spray. I have a thought on that dinner with the glitter dinner. I yeah. thought was when I saw the primary in that dress, I'm like, okay, you found the dress. And that's how you came up with the idea to to do that dinner so that you would have an occasion to wear that dress. That was my thought, which I totally respect. Good for her. She looked amazeballs. She's the nicest Laura I've ever met. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) And I love how they are still like super nice guests, but they still clocked that dollar store curtain. They were like, we're going to be appreciative, but we're going to clock that that looks shit. Like, I'm sorry, that would even be 50 cents at the dollar store. You know what I'm saying? That was awful. <laughs> awful. Yeah. Rip yeah. it off. Aisha sucks so bad at table decor. If she was Captain Sandy's chief stew, she would be told off oh, every five seconds. Sandy would have made her walk the plank. Oh, she, Sandy doesn't stand for that. Sandy's massively into table decor. <laughs> She's massively into micromanaging people. But my thought, okay, and you know me, you know I love me, my Asia. If you suck at something like table decor where there would be imagery out there on the Google. Yeah, get Pinterest. This is what I literally wrote in my notes. Pinterest, babe. Like I think I yeah. would suck at table decor, but I don't think I would accept that I sucked at table decor. Yeah, a part of me is like it can't be that hard. You just dump shit on the table, but I don't know. But when we get the new girl, like next episode, she's fantastic at it. That animal print dinner I thought was all right. Yeah, it, I, it didn't blow me away, but it was fine. It was definitely better than Aisha's. Aisha's looks like just mm. she got like some shit and just threw it on the table. And I bet girls spent ages doing it. Poor love. <laughs> at least she admits what she sucks at. Because how many times would you get a chief stew who would argue saying, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. So yeah. I can't fault my Aisha. I love her. What was shocking to me after this dinner mm. was that they went, the guests went and then did like sex cam four shows after a three course meal. I mean, not in my world. Same. I literally wrote the same thing in my notes going, who can deep throat after you get in a full <sighs> belly? Like these people deserve every penny they get. That's yeah. a tough ask. Th- that's commitment. Fuck that. 
Yeah, like you're at capacity after a three-course meal. Nothing else will fit in. No, that's right. And one of the things I also noticed about these guests is they all went to bed relatively early. Well, that's where they had to do their work. Well, that's true. But they all seemed very satisfied. Like it's not like after dinner they're like, okay, what what are you going to do for us now? 11 o'clock, they're going to bed. Oh, dream guests. I was surprised about that. So, yeah, they were dream guests. So... Aisha tells Harry to ask Margot out on a date, which he he eventually does. Uh, since we're here, let's just talk about this date. Yes. What'd you what'd you think of it? Like, first of all, good job doing your own cheese platter. Agreed. He, Serena offered and he said, no, I'll do it myself. So I was like, points for that. Agreed. And it was better than anything we've ever seen on like the Real Housewives of Potomac. Oh so. my God, that cheese board <laughs> was perfectly acceptable. Perfectly It was acceptable. acceptable. Yeah. It was fine. But they barely ate it. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, when you're on a date and you're having a chat, the last thing you want to do is be chomping on shit. And apart from the actual cheese, everything else, like you got crisps, you got to chew. Yeah, and the conversation wasn't flowing. So it's like they couldn't risk having a bite while someone's telling a story because I don't think any stories were being told. But did he honestly think that was a great date? I thought it was a nice when it was up on deck and like – when she first got there, like the visual, like it's very pretty, but then it crashed and burned. It was passionless. It was. And the poor bitch kissed him because she felt bad, which I get that, but you're sending mixed messages to make yourself comfortable. That's not fair. But, you know. If your fanny didn't flutter, it didn't flutter. (laughs) Oh, my God. Aisha's vernacular kills me. She's so rough and ready in the best way possible. Yeah, yeah. She's a dream. I swear... Like, if I ever saw her in the wild, I would be speechless. She's so fantastic. I think, yeah, Margot needs to cut and run. Like She does. Let's call it. And Harry needs to pick up on the cues as well and just be like, all right. Yeah. And maybe he can go and move on to Jamie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not that she seems uninterested in him. But, you know, like, expand your circle because it's not working. No, I'm sorry. She's out of his league. I personally think everyone on that boat is out of her league except for Captain Cutie. Oh, yeah, maybe they should hook up after the show, not on charter, of course. Then again, if I could see either of them naked, I'd be happy. So maybe on charter. (laughs) All right. Well, so we jumped ahead there. But so back, we're still doing breakfast for the guests and it's themed like genitalia breakfast. Like she's got the sausage penis with like a little mayo cum and like eggs as the balls. Visually, it wasn't seven star service. Uh, no. It was like the next morning after a bachelorette party type of food. They were happy, but if any other guests got that, they would be like, like, obviously they wouldn't get that, but like, you still got to make it pretty. You're the chef. It looked like I could fucking do that. Oh, you could have. Yeah. But at least they overcompensated with the deck crew wearing like budgie smugglers and cock socks and Joao's wearing a ball gag. Oh my God. Did you hear Aisha call it a gag ball? Gag ball? (laughs) I love her. She's the cutest. I, I just loved how Culver's got that mullet out at every opportunity. Is he washing that mullet wig? Um, That thing I don't think has ever seen a hairbrush because every time I see it, it's looking like <laughs> those fucking dollar store curtains, mate. Like it was <laughs> awful in that scene when he was trying to be Steve Irwin or Crocodile yeah, Dundee yeah. or whatever. I mean, his accent's what woeful, he but he brings such joy, which is always welcome. He's the CEO. What did you think of the tip? The 20K tip? Yeah. I thought it was fine. Is that bad? Last time they got 2K each. This time, I mean, it was fine. Well, this time they got two more people? Oh, wait, no, did the other people get the tip? I don't remember. 
Did Laurie get fired after the tip or before the tip? I can't remember. But I think it was after the tip. Oh, yeah, they got fired after. It was good. It just wasn't as good as the last one. Well, I get that porn stars earn an income, but I don't know if they're millionaires. Reckon I keep hearing people are getting like 20 to 50K a month on the OnlyFans, which is I'm assuming what they're doing. They're OnlyFans people. Well, they were on Cam 4. What's Cam 4? It's like a live stream site where multiple performers can be there and you choose to watch one and then you tip them to perform actions and things like that. Oh, sorry. I only use Pornhub and it's free, so I'm all good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But with that breakfast, one thing I noticed was, so Joao's wearing the ball gag. I hope that means he's not going to then pivot and call like Aisha a whore again because it's like, mate, you've been wearing a ball gag on deck. You can't then be on a high horse and judgmental. And if he does, I'll be upset. He did come up to her on the first day of charter and get her advice about the deck crew. I can definitely see growth in him in that he's more focused on his job. The question is when he's not on the clock, that's Mm -hmm. where he's, I think, more of his natural self will come out. So I think that's where, I mean, obviously we're going to judge him based on how he is on charter, but he's still developing his leadership style. It is what it is. You don't get the boss that you want all the time. But in terms of who he is as a person, I think we're going to see that off charter more. Yeah. As long as he's not an asshole in their personal lives, I'm okay with him being a bit more dictatorial at work because this deck crew, they then drop a boat. Culver on the fast speed, not the low speed, trying to wind up that tender. Like, what a fucker. Fucking speeds, dude. It's your fourth charter. What the fuck? You made the captain fall over. <laughs> I was thinking, thank God it was captain and not Joao, because Joao would have got reamed for that. Well, I would have thought Joao was going to ream them. Yeah. Because he was watching from the canoe or whatever being ropeable, but it, like because it was the captain teaching them through it, like I don't know if he can really overstep that. What do you mean the captain teaching them through it? Like it's the fourth charter. <laughs> And it's not like Culver's never been on a boat before. He's, I mean, maybe the controls are different, whatever. But when Captain's like showing him the control, yeah, you saw them all in that scene. Anytime Captain say anything, they'd be like, oh, like you mean this, right? It's like none of them had any confidence as to what their role was and what was going on. Nothing else matters basically is what I'm saying. If you have no confidence yeah. and you're one of – four, three, four people trying to execute something and you don't know what's going on, you have to have the confidence to put your hand up and go, I don't understand what you're talking about. Like you have to admit what you don't know. And Captain was Mm -hmm. saying that that railing was busted. Sure it was. But I was sure I saw (laughs) under the boat look like ripped and banged. Or was that my imagination? I I didn't see that. I think that was my imagination and maybe it's supposed to like look like that, but I thought it was banged up. But, but they broke a rail, like, and that's not just the first rail that's been broken this no. season on episode eight and nine. And it's like, like <laughs> I get in the scheme of things of these, like, millions of dollar vessels, 700 bucks isn't a lot of money, but in the real world, these fuckers wouldn't be making 700 bucks a week. Like, why are we acting like it's uh-huh. nothing? What made me laugh, like, I don't know much about swells and shit, but the way they were talking, like, Culver's like, we had to do that in a hurricane, like, hurricane conditions. It- he said hurricane swell. So maybe they were, like, the swells were as bad as in a hurricane. But then again, you've got the primary paddling around on a paddleboard yeah. at the same time. So I'm like, it can't be that bad. You are not wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to uh, trying to give them grace. Why am I giving them grace? It was like they were all green working with the captain. If that was Captain Lee, he would have gone, 
It's Charter 4, what the fuck. At that tip meeting, he would have told them how much they sucked. He would have told them that Joao is going to get on their ass from now on because they need it. And I think that would have helped Joao. Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, yeah, Culver gets the disco ball helmet. Adam even says at the time, he's like, you're getting the helmet. <laughs> yeah, no shit. But, again, I don't feel like there was, n- there was nothing punitive about it. So how are you going to learn if you don't grasp the fullness of your fuck-up? Well, I don't know. So then exactly. Jamie arrives. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. So Jamie arrives. Do you want to just take a moment to say oh. how pretty you think she is? She is a hottie. Oh, she's so pretty. I can't. I can't even. She's so fucking hot. I didn't know they made them like that in Australia, honestly. <laughs> well, Culver thinks she's a smoke show and she's up for a boatman's. It's going to be juicy. They all think she's a smoke show. Even Adam has a little, like, low-key flirt with her. Like, not you have to look for it to see it. Yeah, even Adam's loosened up. Exactly. But Harry does say, like, oh, I'm glad there's a new girl that's Australian, but I'm still smitten with Margot, so. Well, obviously. Obviously, but, yeah, maybe replace the smittenness. You think if this chick was into him that he wouldn't be into it? He knows she's out of his league. And he thinks, oh, this is good now that all the other boys will pay attention to her, so I'll have more alone time with Margot. Margot's out of your league too, Harry. Sozzle. (laughs) Bless. I mean, yeah, poor Harry. He was just happy to be there watching that nude dessert and with Adam hosing her down. Like, I was loving all of that. That was so fun to watch. Oh, I loved that whole thing. Harry's just, he's a, you know what it is? He's a baby. He's just a baby and that's fine. But his reactions yeah. to things is like a 17-year-old boy and he kind of mm-hmm. looks like a 17-year-old boy. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally. Like, who wants to pash that? Ew. Do you think the chef did a good job with the nude dessert? I thought it looked fantastic. It wasn't tacky. It wasn't like messy. Even when she was like painting on the chocolate, I thought at first it was going to be a messy shit show, but it had these really lovely like tiger stripe looking thing. I, very well done. And Zarina's got the hots for her too. I love that. Totally. Totally. I think that yeah. helped with her efforts. She was spending the whole day with all these different recipes for chocolate body paint because she had to make her own chocolate body paint. Why don't you just fucking order it and not spend four hours doing ten fucking different recipes for painting chocolate <laughs> on a body? Huh. Maybe she spent all the money on the gold cans. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. But I think she does She does do well when she's given like a task that she needs to research and achieve. Yeah. Yeah, she did better than last charter where she was fucking up giving people meat when they don't eat meat and all that crap. So proud of her this episode. I think if like the disco helmet went to someone who was doing well, she'd get it this episode. Yes. But she was the star. I agree. Yeah, no, I think she did really, really well. But I also think that the guests were very appreciative of anything. Mm-hmm. There wasn't mm-hmm. a fussbo guest. This is what I'm saying. That's so true. There wasn't someone looking to nitpick. So. Yeah. Well, then, so the guests leave. They're all happy. They they loved the experience. They start to do the turnaround of the ship. Joelle's <laughs> not letting the deck crew eat lunch. <laughs> They're all getting pissed off. <laughs> anyway, then we have the date, which we've talked about, and it's still, yeah, no chemistry. Mm. And so then they go out to drink. They go to the wool shed in, I think, Cairns. Was it the wool shed? I think shed? I've been there. It's yeah, that's what it's oh called. God. Or the woodshed. The woodshed. Something oh like God. that. I think I've been there, but I didn't see them eat dinner. Were they eating dinner or was it just drinks? No, they went and had drinks and then they went to the club. So maybe they like had a snack on the boat instead. Like maybe when Harry and um, Margot were having their date, maybe they were eating. I don't know. 
It wasn't about dinner this time. Well, no, because they all seemed to get pretty drunk pretty quickly, as per usual. Oh, also, that's the one thing. We see Margot have a little sip of the whiskey sour that she was making. So that's just like a bit of foreshadowing for the future, I think. Maybe. But they are supposed to try the drinks as they're making them, but not necessarily throw back. It's like get a teaspoon. <laughs> like, you know, when you see them at the bar when they're like making your cocktail and they just put a straw in and have like a little. Oh, yeah. Which is, yeah. that's completely acceptable. But she would have had fucking booze breath after that shot. I don't know. It's the same thing that Joao is saying. People are taking liberties because you're being nice and mm-hmm. you can't. Like, Aisha would have probably just laughed if she saw her do that and said, all love, which is giving mixed signals to people who want to take advantage as opposed to saying, excuse me, use a straw. What the hell are you doing? Right, right. So also at this dinner slash just drinks, Serena pulls Joelle aside because Adam had already bitched to her while they're having a smoko about Joelle. And she was like, oh, they didn't want me to say this, but yeah, they all hate your guts pretty much. Yeah. Which, I don't know, do you think she did the right thing there? I would have maybe not said that. I think it's going to her overcompensating, trying to be friends with him. It's like, if I hated you and I was being friendly, I wouldn't be giving you a fucking heads up. No, and I think she's betraying Adam's confidence because when you're on a smoko break, yes. you share things and that you, that's in a vault and she betrayed that trust. Well, she did say, if you don't say something, I will, which is fine. Oh, yeah, she did say that. But then she gave him no opportunity to say something. Yeah, well, yeah, he shouldn't be saying it on the night out anyway. So it's like, when would he have done it? She asked him, what do you think of Joao? She asked him a direct question. Adam was honest in his response. Basically, she said, if, if you don't say something, I will. I don't think she said exactly that, but she intimated that she might say something. But at least feel it out first. Yeah. And not even say, like they're saying they're not happy, you can allude to I'm observing them and they don't seem happy. Well, that's how she started. She started being like, oh, Luke was very hands-on. Yes. And it's like, okay, you could say that. And then she's like, yeah, and they think you're not doing any work. (laughs) (laughs) Serena. It's good for the show, whatever. Oh, great for the show. I mean, I guess as a head of department she has to say something, but if I was her, I probably would have told Aisha and said, if you want to tell him, you can, but. I don't know how Joao's going to handle that. I think we're going to have a coup on our hands with this deck crew rising up against him, and I can't wait. I think so. See, the thing is, I think I would handle it instead of, like, telling them off. I would just follow them around and get on their ass about shit. Mm -hmm. But it's not his job to tell them the work that he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole fucking season started with them having no boss, so they're not used to having a boss. Not really. Wait, no, so Luke was there the whole yeah, time. Yeah, but was he really a fucking boss? I don't think so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking of Below Deck Sailing Yacht, how, like, what's-his-face had COVID and wasn't there, and that sort of set the tone. But this is – Luke was – yeah, he was pretty shit, yeah. Very lax. hmm hmm They go drinking. Jamie says she doesn't want to cut the chef's grass, but then she proceeds to do so, which, you know, power to her. No one has claim over Culver. I'm sorry. I like you, but Chef says that she's your, like, come on. That's her basically saying, are you into me? Because if you are, I'm into you. Let's pash. Yeah, yeah. And they do. But then, next time, they don't just pash. They F in the shower. That's certainly what it seems like. Night one hookups. Like, who hasn't had a night one hookup? So what? Yeah, and it's like if Culver and Serena were really into each other, like, why is it not progressed past just flirting? 
even Aisha, when she's giving Jamie the lowdown on who's hooking up with who, she says about Zarina and Culver, he's an eater, she's a feeder. So even Aisha knows he's into it for the food. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> he's not into it. Yeah. It's just fun to flirt and you get a free sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm loving that season. Um, really excited for next week. Let's talk about Roni. Let's. So... We ended on a TBC last week, so we're picking up with Bryn continuing her story about her childhood, which is very heavy. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts? We sort of covered it last week. Yeah, it's awful. And she goes into some pretty effed up detail and she says that her dad reached out when she was in senior high because he was dying in hospital and they reconciled and she forgave him. And I don't think I could do that quite frankly. So that definitely makes her special because there's, I don't think I would ever have done that. And her very vivacious, bubbly, happy personality, it made me realise maybe that's not put on. Maybe that is Mm. the choices that she made to be happy in life. And so you get to know Ah, her a little bit more. I'm trying to give grace that we're just getting to know them. I think she can still be fake as fuck. Like, I don't believe for a second she plays chess competitively. Like. No, she doesn't say she plays chess competitively. She says that she's kind of making up for lost time and everything that she wanted to do as a child, she's doing it as an adult. I just think without going to therapy, that's in a child work right there. What's her job? Um, I can't remember, but there, it was something. She had a job. I don't know. I don't know. She's just waltzing around doing chess tournaments. I don't know how to pin her down. Getting violin lessons. That's just not chess. I don't know. But if I scroll back to (laughs) my first episode notes, it says that she is a marketing consultant. Okay, yeah. All right. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what marketing consultants get paid, but they have alluded to the fact that they don't believe well, who was it that said they think that she's kept someone? Oh. Wasn't that an episode I, or two ago where where yeah, one of the ladies well asked the been. same question? They think yeah. she has a sugar daddy. Good for her. None of my business no. unless it helps the storyline, which, you know, we need one. So that'd be good. Oh, God, do we ever. Because we get some cutaways of like little different scenes of them like shopping and shit and uh, it's fine. We see Sai getting so many free things like Fendi, Jimmy Choo's, and she's been given a lot of crap and I still don't, I get that she's an influencer, but I don't get it. I'm not buying it. No, I don't buy it either. I watch, so I love makeup videos, right? So I watch a lot of YouTubers and they all have PR unboxings and they'll get sent high-end makeup as gifts and sometimes they'll get like a bag for their birthdays. But every single person that I watch has at least a million followers. This woman, Mm -hmm. and I'm talking now, as of the release of this episode, she had 483,000 Insta followers and only 52,000 YouTube followers. I'm like, girl doesn't even have a YouTube play button and yet she's getting sent this. I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. Do you think she went and bought all that stuff, put it on a table for the scene? I mean, I think she went onto the eBay and bought the boxes. You can do that. Yeah. You can people okay. sell designer boxes on the eBay. They have done for years. It's so dumb. Did she show us the product though? Like the actual bags and shoes? Yeah, there there were stuff in there. I'm joshing. 
I don't know. <laughs> I wonder if they've sent her this stuff because she's on Roni for the episode and she's got to give it back. Because, you know, like mm. celebrities, like they'll borrow shit for events. Yeah, I'm yeah, wondering yeah. if this stuff got sent to her to be borrowed on the episode. I don't know. I'm trying to do the math because you don't even have – you have less than half a million Insta followers, so you're a micro-influencer. Yeah. The math ain't mathin'. A lot of brands love to do work with micro-influencers because their followers are way more into them than, let's say, someone who's got 6 million followers but really they only have a few hundred thousand, like, diehard fans, right? The rest of them, it's like, I follow you but I don't really watch all your shit or I watch it but I don't Uh engage or I don't like or I don't click on the links to buy shit. You know what I mean? So a lot of micro-influencers do have – Diehard fans that will take all their recommendations, buy all the product. So even though there's less volume of traffic to these sites, there's more return on investment. So I get it. I'm not saying it's not possible. But Versace? Really? Like Mm. Bottega Veneta? I don't know. It's just someone text me. Maybe I'm one of those people who only knows a little bit about this and not a lot, but... I don't know. She doesn't have enough of a personality to, for people to want to follow her, I would have thought. Like, I get why the jet, the the Kardashians get sent this shit. They have hundreds of millions of – and I'm sure there are celebrities who don't have as many followers, but they're way more well-known. It's just like no one knew who you were. I think she's conning us. 400,000 followers and you're getting sent designer stuff. You're making enough money to pay for two stuff – do you know how much, like, it costs? Like, there's, you know, you got to pay their taxes, their super, all this shit. That's what she said, yeah. Two staff members is, when you're a micro-business, that's a lot of money when you're a micro-business. That is a lot of money to outlay. How are mm. you affording to, like, are these interns? Interns? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. And they could very well be interns and that's fine. Like, none of my business. But you've got a lot to pay. Like, in America, don't they pay your medical insurance and some shit? Like, it's fucking all... It's not mathing to me. It's really not... me neither. Because she'd have to be getting millions of dollars plus PR. I don't know. Is she making, like, three, four million dollars? Like, I don't... I don't see it. Beats me. It's not mathing anyway, to me s- at all. Sorry. No, me neither. So, one scene I actually did enjoy was Jessel meeting Aaron for coffee because I sort of... Like, as much as they started bringing up you know, cackling hag comments and things that I'm not that interested no in. When she was like, oh, Tribeca, it's an up-and-coming area. And she's like, no, it's already there. Like, that's that's a fight that I kind of really enjoy. Does she not watch Million Dollar Listing New York? Like, even I know <laughs> Tribeca's, the, like, well, I didn't know it was the most expensive, but I knew it was one of the most expensive it's suburbs. It's there. It's there. But what made it so funny to me was when Erin says – that's the most ridiculous comment I've ever heard in my whole entire life. I'm like, okay, well, that's an overreaction. Like, <laughs> Jessel rubs her the wrong way and she's looking for it. Jessel's problem is if she just turned around and went, oh, my God, I didn't, I don't know this shit, and just laughed it off with her, then it would have moved on. Mm-hmm. But Jessel digs her heels in about everything. Like she thinks everything. that she's so misdefensive that everything she thinks is correct, she interprets that as the truth. It's like... No, bitch. It's your opinion based on what you know and what you don't know. Like, I'm sorry that, like, this one needs to go to fucking therapy. Like, honestly. Well, yeah. And then, like, Erin 
insinuates that she's a princess, which she acts like a princess. And excuse my ignorance, but then she's like, no, I'm an immigrant who's worked hard. And I'm like, you, aren't you from England? <laughs> like, you're from England. <laughs> and you went to this like super exclusive, like rich private girls school in England. Like that's not the immigrant story that we know and expect. No, no, it's not. And yes, technically you are an immigrant in that you emigrated from one country to another, but yeah. you didn't immigrate from the India. You emigrated from, as you said, from private school in London. Yeah, I don't know about this Jessel. <laughs> we know about this Jessel and we are not into it. Not into it. She picks on everyone for everything. It is kind of great for the show, though, that we've got someone hateable like this. Yeah, but do we love to hate her or are we going to hate to hate her real soon? Maybe a bit of both. Well, she needs to step up her pussy on being the villain because right now she's boring me. Like, pick a fight. Say a lie. That's the thing. Say something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm looking for some more meat, that's all. Yeah. So we get a little scene of Jenna culling stuff from her storage, which looked to me like it was just like she has an apartment building, like a a unit in that apartment building just for all her crap. That's what I thought. I'm like, is that actually storage or is that like a garage space or is that another apartment? It looks like an apartment. Either way in New York, both are sold or leased at a premium. Like everyone knows like parking spaces in New York are the cost of a unit. Either Mm -hmm. way- she fucking rich if she can afford yeah. two fucking units. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, 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 that's all I've got to say. <laughs> I enjoyed the fashion part of it, but, like, we spent way too much time on that Parker, that fucking cocoon that Parker so that she made that at so fashion true. school a million years ago. Like, love, sell it. Like, no one – I mean, it, I wouldn't even sell it. Just throw it out. <laughs> so Bryn meets Sai to go play chess at, like, a cafe – I was a bit more distracted in, like, who gets a free cookie. Like, the the free cookie of it all was really dominating my uh, mental capacity. I wanted to know what kind of cookie it was. Did we we get what kind of cookie it was? It was his mother's recipe or some bullshit. I don't know. Oh, that's right. And then I was just thinking, so it's an automatic cookie for everyone who orders a drink? Because then I think Sai orders a hot tea and he doesn't say, here's a cookie. But then later at the table I could see a little bag as if she had been given a cookie. I'm thinking, is this a sustainable business practice? It's cookies for cameras, mate. Cookies for cameras. Okay, that makes sense. Then they fake play chess. Erin comes over. She's still so annoyed about Tribeca getting blasted by Jessel. She really is. (laughs) She just said up and coming. She didn't say it was a fucking slum. Like, (laughs) just chill out. She just wants to pick on her. She hates her. She hates her. She wants her friends to hate her. This is how we women roll. If we hate you, the next step is to get our friends on board and then it's game on. Well, Jessel doesn't need any help to get people to hate her because then she's calling Bryn to tell Bryn that everyone's complaining about her Hamptons behaviour or some shit. I don't get it. Like, you know know. why? Because her husband doesn't want to fucking hear it because he hates her too. Who's she going to bitch to? That's so true. Her one-year-old kids? They don't seem to like her either. (laughs) All they do is run away from her and do shit she doesn't like. I think I kind of love those kids now. And I think I am turning a corner on Erin and actually enjoying Erin because the fact that she just like ragged on Jessel for 20 minutes and then she goes, of course, I'm still coming to her event. I've got to support her event. I was like, oh, that's a housewife. That's what I want. Did you notice the parallel with that and Ramona and Bethany when they were having their fight on the phone about not supporting women? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I'm saying. Like you all say this show's fucking great, but think about that episode and realise how much more elevated that 
original episode of Women Not Supporting Women was. Like it was so yeah, good. Yeah, it was good. These women are understated classic imagery of what we all think New York really is. Like these women appear to be the image of New York I have always been sold. And that's great to see in real life. But I don't know. I'm not convinced that this is what I want for my housewives. Yeah. People keep saying like, oh, it's so great getting to know them, but I don't really want to get to know them. I just want to watch them fight and argue and be fashionable. Yeah, we're trash. I want to laugh at them. We're lowbrow. That's the problem. We're we're lowbrow. Our listeners aren't lowbrow. We're lowbrow. Oh, and so still at this cafe with the fake playing of chess. I don't think Bryn's ever played chess because she says, oh, you got to protect the pawns. I know, right? Everyone thinks you shouldn't, but you got to protect the pawns. And I'm like, no, idiot. Protect the queen. That's what you do. Protect the queen. It's in the name. Porn. I, I, <laughs> you, don't, I know, I know. you don't protect your No place. wonder she's losing games if she's protecting the pawns. I, I know, but you got to admit, at that tournament, all those nerds, how amazed would they be seeing that walk in? Yeah, because they're like, woohoo, we've got a free game here because we're going to easily beat her and get to the next round. She's not Queen's Gambit. No, they'd be sitting there going, look at this hottie with a bunch of nerds. Where the fuck did she come from looking like that? All of them are going to be sweet to her. Gorgeous people, everyone's always sweet to them. And she is gorgeous. And she's fun and lovely. I mean, if I was them, I would have let her win one. She's so cute. (laughs) She's so cute. I could squeeze her. No, that's the thing. No, just because you're pretty doesn't mean you can come into a chess tournament and expect to win. Like, fuck off. Go do the hard yards in the library at lunch with the rest of us nerds. What world do you live in, Nathan? Come on. Uh, I don't think pretty people deserve the world. I don't. I'm not saying they deserve it, but I'm saying in real life they get it. Yeah, yeah. Like, if me and a pretty person are on fire, I can guarantee you I'm only getting what's (laughs) left over of the flame retardant, and I'm okay with that. (laughs) <laughs> That's so funny. So, okay, they go to Jessel's event and I do think she needs to fill up that jar of cookies. She's made a whole big deal about having this giant jar of Oreos, but it was only half full. And I'm like, fill that shit up. She's selfish. She mm. wanted to keep some of those for herself. And her husband with the carrot and the champagne to be healthy. That's insane. I'm on team Jessel with that one. That was that was beyond crazy. Personally, what I think he's doing is she obviously loves to be the centre of attention. So when you're putting an event on in your home, regardless of the fact that it's for a designer and some of the proceeds are going to charity, it's about you. And I think he's doing that to piss her off on purpose, going, see, I'm taking some attention away from you. And he'd rather pick on himself so that other people go, oh, look at Jessel's husband. What an idiot. But I think he's revelling in that because it reflects poorly. It was sabotage. Yes, thank you. I love how you come up with words that express the long-windedness of my life. <laughs> yes, I think so. He's doing it on purpose. Suck a fart, Jessel. Jessel, whatever your fucking well, name it is. It doesn't make any sense, like, oh, carrot to be healthy. I'm like, what, as opposed to a strawberry in a champagne? Like, oh, you're really making the healthy option? It's not supposed to make sense. It's supposed to irritate her. And it is irritating. It irritated me. I hate that guy. It didn't irritate me because I'm like, that's so passive-aggressive. I loved it. Right, I loved it. Yep. Anything to make her pissed off, I love because I hate her. Yeah. So Jessel with his guest list seems to be earning some cred because she's got some like notable like fashion socialite oh, people, hell like editors yeah. of magazines. But did you also think that every single one of them were wearing like the worst outfits you've ever seen? Like that guy from Paper Mount magazine. Mm. It looked disgusting. Like I get that it might be fashion, but you look hideous. Yeah. You look like a kaleidoscope. Yeah. And what was that other one that had the clown haircut with the dots on her face? I was like, I'm sorry. She's crazy. Yeah, but she is 
a brilliant fashion editor. She really is. Uh-huh. Lynn Yeager's amazing. Now, when Bryn says, you know, it's like Grace Coddington walking in and Andre Leon Talley, I'm like, it is, but it isn't. Because, yes, Lynn's epic, but no one is as epic as Andre Leon Talley, rest in peace, and Grace Coddington. She's the shit. Like, dude, so- I have her book. I have his book. They're the shit. Uh, So what was your reaction when you saw them arrive? Were you like, oh, okay, Jessel? Totally. I mean, I didn't know all of them. I had none of that. I didn't know all of them. Like, I'm not some fashionista, but I knew who Lynn was. I mean, you can't, you can't miss her. There was also a princess slash Vogue editor from UAE. She looked amazing. And you know, like, she was decked out in probably $4 billion worth of jewels. Again, mm-hmm. it was pretty. The only thing that I didn't think was that pretty were the bags. Yeah. Like, yeah, no. sure, that tote, very reasonable, but pedestrian, real pedestrian <laughs> stuff. So at this party, mm. uh, one of, oh God, one of the moments that I actually did really enjoy was when Jessel is sitting in front of an entire, like, bench filled with catered food and she's complaining about what Erin said, being like, I don't like to be catered to. She's like, that's not true. <laughs> Gold star for you, Nathan. Gold mother tucking star for you. Oh, that tickled me. I don't like to be catered to in front of catering. Like, I just died. Oh, my God. I love you for that. I I think it sums her up quite well. And then she's serving, like, rancid wine to Erin. And I don't know if it was actually rancid or Erin was just saying that. Or, oh, no, Bryn said I don't know who said it. Erin said it. Yeah. I'm sure it was bad. Do you think it was on purpose, like, just that one glass for Erin and everyone else got the good stuff? Maybe. Ordering white wine at a function, it's more miss than it is hit, which is why you order something else. You get the bubbles because even shit bubbles is sort of palatable. Mm-hmm. I've never had a good glass of white wine at a function, but that's, you know, I'm a povo, wow. so I get why Erin would expect a good one. Yeah. Okay. And the other thing is Jenna is doing a Christmas tree decorating night with her kid, yeah. I think. Is that her kid? And her, know. like, nieces and nephews or goddaughters or something. Family. It's a family affair. Yeah. Well, she calls it an event, which I think is fine, but the other ladies seem to be really rattled by that. I think Bryn mostly. She's so annoyed that she said event and not just having people over to decorate a Christmas tree. It's like, well, it's an event. Well, it is a little misleading when you are Jenna Lyons and you say you have an event at your house, people assumed it was work. But you know what? It's none of their fucking business. But again, it's housewives. They've got to bitch about it, right? And I think- if this continues on for another five episodes, we'll bitch about her not going to group events. Like, sure. Exactly. And we have every right to do so. Yes. But they just seem so fucking rattled by it. And it's like, okay, like, do you really think she's upset she's not at Jessel's event with that woman that looks like a clown and that guy no. in the horrible, like, outfit? Like, no. But they are. They're like, she got away with not coming and we have to be here. They're just jealous because they're there. Not because she's <laughs> not there. Misery yeah, loves company, sense. right? I get it. I'd have the shits too, but I wouldn't have the shit shits. I'd be like, fuck you making me go and you're like trimming a tree. I'd rather trim a tree with you. Uh Uh-huh. And that's basically it. I think Erin mentioned she's got a vow renewal next week, which seems a bit desperate. She's doing – is she stupid? She's stupid. Now, she does say that they didn't actually exchange vows when they first got married. And I'm like, bitch, that still counts. You two are doomed. Valva and Newell yeah, is the I kiss think, of death. I think death. she's doomed. I'd rather do fucking uh-huh. goat yoga than go to your anniversary party, by the way. I mean, a party's fine, but a Valva Newell, you're going to make me watch you I take... Know. I don't need to fucking see you take your vows, people. And how are you already out of ideas by episode five? I know. Like, this is a last-ditch effort, the Valva Newell. This is a season three finale. 
Like, you mm-hmm. know, when they're ready to yep. shake the cast up and you know I've got to bring it and everything mm-hmm. always goes tits up at a vow renewal, whatever. Was it at Luann's event on that boat where <laughs> Ramona thought she was pregnant? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, I love you, Ramona. Okay, I don't love you, Ramona, but you gave me some good fucking times. Oh, my God. Some fucking 49-year-old anyway. bitch thinks she's pregos. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag bless. <laughs> Do you have any other thoughts about this episode? This is my thoughts. Anyone who's telling me how great this show is, this is my thoughts. This is what's happening next time. There are three things happening next time that they thought were important and exciting to show us. The first one okay. being Jenna tries on clothes. The second yeah. one, there's an invite to something with no name brands. And then we have Erin's anniversary party. Like, Mm-hmm. I'm sure something goes down at the anniversary party. Absolutely. Show us a scene of that. I hope so. That's what we want to see. But Jenna trying on clothes is noteworthy. Well, that's what she did this episode and it was boring. I mean, so. I get that she comes from the fashion world. This is now going to be three episodes in a row of Jenna trying on clothes. Yeah. And I'm typing that, but nothing happens. Jenna tries on clothes. She has a giggle with a friend. What do you want me to fucking say? Like, I love Jenna. She's a quirky, I like her person, but if... All I'm watching is her trying on clothes. Mm-hmm. I'd rather watch a Cam 4 show. Fucking oath. tip those porn stars. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, are there any other sizzies we should talk about? We've covered Bethany and Ratchel. Ratchel. Um, what, what, what do you think of this whole Kyle and that person's video? I don't know who that person is. I don't care. I don't care She's either. a country singer. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm not engaging. I don't care. This is all for Kyle having a storyline, and I hope it's entertaining on the show, but... I've read two articles on it, and now when I see more articles, I don't care. Yeah, I'm skipping over Shannon it. Shannon Bedore was playing Celebrity Family Feud, and one of the questions was, what could you say about your man that would eliminate him from being the sexiest man alive? And she alludes to John Jansen not having a nice pippy. Oh. Yeah, she says that his penis is what keeps him from being sexiest man alive. So that's something. But that might not be exactly about him. That's just answering the question. That's a bit mean. He's your ex. But, you know, what else are you going to say about your ex? It's low-hanging fruit, literally and figuratively. Of course we're going to say that. We all say that. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. I did see the clip of Sheree in the family feud at the Fast Money bit at the end. Oh, I didn't just see that. completely useless. She was so shit. <laughs> Bless. Yeah. Oh, this fucking idiot Laura is apparently still defending Luke after the show. Oh, now, I didn't click on the article. Read the room. I didn't want to give it clicks. Apparently, Lindsay Hubbard has a bridal shower and Paige and Maya aren't there. Yeah, they're not friends. But Amanda Batula gets to go? Oh. That's weird. Anyway, I didn't click on it. I only care about Summer House when Summer House is on. Same. Yeah. Same. I'm not following their lives except for Andrea, of course. Oh, of course. Of course. The sizzles ain't sizzling. Well, no, because this whole fucking thing with Bethany, like what else is there? That is the biggest sizzle of all sizzles. Mm. You know I'm going to go listen to that toot sweet. Well, and did you see the thing how they're saying Bethany pitched a show to Bravo just like not that long ago, like a couple of months ago, but now she hates Bravo? It's like, oh. I know. Look, I don't disagree with her that reality stars should get paid residuals. I believe that they should. You're on a TV show. You are considered the talent. Talent should get residuals. I completely agree with that. But you've got lawyers to be cunts. You don't need to be a cunt. Let your lawyers do it. 
Yeah, yeah. I just don't think I'm the, I'm not that upset about Raquel maybe not earning money. Like, you know what? Let's pay nurses more. I don't give a fuck about Raquel. I know. I personally, I think $350,000 on an ensemble cast that is that large, so you're not having to carry that much weight, is fine. And you signed the contract. However, I do believe that reality stars should get paid residuals when people are watching their shows on TV 10 years later. I don't think that it's fair that talent don't get paid. There should be better conditions. I mean, as much as I'm obsessed with Scary Island, and I will probably watch it again this week now that I've said the words, <laughs> there is a duty of care. And yes, I know that I'm a hypocrite because two seconds ago I'm like, all I want to do is see them get drunk and fight. But if I was them and I was their personal friend, I would be concerned. They definitely need better conditions, but... At the same time... Hopefully not too good. You don't need to be the cunt, Bethany. you got lawyers for that. You want more money? You go for it, honey. But I don't think she's helping Mm -hmm. her cause right now. Well, I just think her first priority is always Bethany. And whenever she tries to pretend otherwise, it just comes off as fake. Well, because it is. Because she's using this idiot, Rachel, for her own benefit. Uh Rachel's just doing the same thing she did when she was on the show. And I bet you any money she didn't get fucking $350,000 for doing Bethany's fucking podcast. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's note. leave it there then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, darling. Thank you. All righty, bye. bye.